Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What a fun few days at the U.S. Open men's freestyle came to a conclusion last night. And we now know 17 of the 20 final X participants. Going to dive in today and recap men's freestyle at the U.S. Open with my guy, Willie. Before we dive in, this show is brought to you by friends at TAC. ATAC video game stats meets real life training. What's your attack rating? Put in the work to get closer to your goals. Download the attack app, ATAC attack in the Apple app store, and Google play store today and help level up with physical workouts, nutritional information, exercise information, mental help. It is such a strong app for wrestlers to have in their pockets. Go and download the attack app today. It's Bashomania. Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's Bashmania, Saturday morning Bashmania with Willie, the brain, live from Las Vegas. Good morning, Willie. Good morning. On this, Vegas time. This is my favorite time to record a show. I had the most energy early in the morning. And as soon as I saw you were up tweeting, which, by the way, I don't like when people correct people on Twitter. I do appreciate it if I'm wrong, like, correct me. But you tweeted 11 out of 18. There's only 17 qualified for Final X. Uh, who am I missing? Because there's 61, 92, 125 don't have a second guy yet. Oh, okay. So it's 11 out of 17. Which is even more impressive. Make my percentages better. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like looking real quick. I'm like, wait, did I miss somebody who registered or who made it? Was there something yeah, goofy that no, happened? That was, yeah, you're right. That was my error. Yeah. Um, so awesome awesome u.s open usa wrestling made the u.s open great again this was Dude, the- it was it was um you should have saw the crowd man i've never seen now you know everything's relative in fact when i tweeted when i tweeted uh 11 of 18 from pennsylvania some idiot responded and said all that this is not the w you think it means I'm- it means it's a fringe sport, which, whatever. Uh, relatively speaking, relatively speaking, um, they, the uh, crowd was awesome. I mean, now, right, it's not NCAAs, it's not the Super Bowl, it's not the World Series, but I've long said, and a lot of people have long said, like, you know, you have an NCAA final, and there's 20,000 people in, in the arena and everybody's glued to their televisions and social media is popping off. And then you have the exact same matchup next week in the round of 16 and there's nobody, the arena is empty. Um, it, it, it feels like it's starting to come around. It feels like there were more people there. It feels like there was more people watching. Now, I think maybe USA Wrestling t- 
tweak the schedule a little bit so that um, a lot of the people that are typically in the other ballroom watching wrestling maybe came down for finals because in the past there were other events going on and people were spread out. But the crowd was great. And even for uh, even for semis uh, the day before, it, it was really encouraging to see that much of a draw. And USA Wrestling did not do themselves any favors with where they put the cameras because on the stream, it looks like the arena is dead. But what I was explaining, oh, and I tweeted, because, like, the camera was basically, the cameras are above the saloon. So you see, like, the wow. USA flag, and you see, I think it's, like, Matt's 9 and 10 or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, the the opposite is where all the fans are. That's so, right. like, Rotundo posted a photo of Burger after that amazing semi, and you see the fans. I think USA Wrestling is doing such a great job, but move the cameras, show the fans in the background instead of showing the seats. Because if yeah, they're they're basically in a horseshoe, right? The fans are in a Correct. horseshoe, and the horse the, where they are are around the mats. And if the cameras point the opposite direction, the, the back half is pretty empty. Yeah, yeah, but everybody knows if you've been to the open, you know mats one and two are the primo mats. You yeah, know, yeah. that's where they're a lot of going to have the commentary. So they're going to have the semis, the finals. So awesome. My only other thing to nitpick this tournament would be they did an awesome job making it relative again. Just cut out the round of 64. Have some kind of restriction. I know it's the open, but have <clears throat> some kind of restriction as to who you can enter. I'm always nervous. On one hand, I think it's great when these wrestlers get a bum and they get a nice little warm up in. I'm also nervous because some of these guys seem like they're entering as a gag and you never want to see somebody get injured. That's my only qualm with this yeah. having the U S open be so important. I mean, the yeah. round of 64 and 32 went by in like an hour. So time-wise not, a, not the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I, there was, there were guys that entered seniors and then also wrestled masters. Like they're just there. They're not yeah. they're curious. Right. Yeah. I mean, so let's go through the let's go through the weights. Um, th there's a lot of good talking points. 57, I think the story. A lot of people, you know, shout out Felters. He told me from the beginning. I think it's Zane over Soriano. He wins the thing, and he was spot on with that prediction. Zane looked awesome. One of the big pieces of news of 57 was Spencer bowing out before the semis. So Spencer beats Caleb Smith nine four, and then. In a weird twist, his dad does a press conference with Flo um, yeah. just before the semis announcing that Spencer is not going to compete. Yeah, you know, it was it was weird. Um, I was coming down. I was getting off the elevator and on the casino level floor. And Piles was getting on with a camera guy. And I'm like, okay, they're they're going to shoot behind the scenes with somebody, right? Which is cool, but also semis start in like not long. Right. Uh then a little while later in the text thread with you guys, you're like, yo, there's a video up. There's a video up and Spencer's pulling out. And I'm like, ah, that's what they must have been shooting. And uh yeah, it was just it was just really weird. Um, because I think collectively Everybody, you know, everybody watched Spencer's match with um, Caleb Smith. He goes out, he dominates 9-0 at the break. In fact, it might have even been attacked. Like, it was it was close to ending in the first period. Yeah. And um, 
And then the second period, he just didn't do anything. Like he didn't attempt anything. And then it comes, and then so everybody's like, all right, well, maybe advantage Soriano in the semis, right? Yeah. Like people were like, what, you know, what seemed like a toss up or maybe Edge Lee or maybe, you know, 50 50 at best. Um, with Spencer looking like that in the second period, you know, maybe I'm reconsidering and taking Soriano. I think that was the collective thought process of all the fans. And, uh, and then Spencer didn't go. And then, you know, that video came out. So, um, I don't know. I have a couple thoughts on it. You want to, what, what, what was your takeaway from that? Well, you know, there, there's a few things. One is that I had people like Nomad that were right away referencing my tweet. When I said, this feels off, something doesn't seem 100% about Spencer yeah. registering the Open. So it sounds like it's no secret that Spencer probably wasn't 100%. It was a last-minute decision. He probably felt good enough to go. Wrestled a couple of bums early, so you didn't really get tested. And then he wrestled a guy who, you know, isn't the greatest wrestler, but at least brought all the effort possible. And Spencer's like, I, I can't do this. So yeah. I I'm, you know, I think I was accurate with my analysis that him registering, I don't think it was about pressure or anything else. I think it was simply about the fact that this was a possibility that he could not complete the whole tournament. And, you know, I, I think because he is one of the all-time greats, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations around this over the next couple of months. My, my two initial thoughts apart from that was one, the, the father doing a press conference seemed, seemed weird to me. It was like, what is going on right now? And and that's no, yeah. that's no dig at Spencer. That's just, I've never seen a wrestler's father do a press conference that this has nothing to do with Spencer. It's more just what it is. And then in regards to Spencer, it's one of those things where I think the conversation is going to be, can he be healthy? I don't think leading up to next year, I don't know that there's going to be such a, a focus on him. I think you're going to market it, but like, you know, flow wrestling, their graphics for the entire week are Spencer and Adeline. Spencer and Adeline, right. And so I think it's going to be a lot more calculated and don't get me wrong. If Spencer gets healthy, I think he can make the Olympic team trial finals. I don't think anybody's beating Gilman 57. I think Gilman's the Olympic guy, but I think this changes things moving forward. I think it puts a lot of questions in a lot of people's minds as yeah, to can think, he get healthy? And I think it's going to be a, a brand shift. Yeah, I think um, I think the narrative changes a little bit, although I do believe that Spencer has such an aura that no, there's going to be a considerable population that picks him no matter what. Um, yep. Just think he's one of the ones that are different. Um. For me, it's I, I, on some level I don't get it, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, because to me, it seemed like. So he, here's the thing: what's the situation with his knees? We we keep hearing he's not a hundred percent. He's not a hundred percent. He's not a hundred percent. I don't really know what that means. Um. And I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying I don't believe it. I'm not saying I. It's it's a negative towards Spencer. I'm not being um, critical. What I what I mean is I don't know. 
are his knees going to get better? I mean, I don't know that. Does he right. need another surgery? If he has more surgeries, do they get better? Do the, the do the knees get better over time? If that's the case, then okay, I get it. Right. Yeah. If that's not the case, can you can he injure it more? Right. Because well, he's not one hundred percent. But if you can't injure it anymore, then 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 that's just going to be the case of perpetuity. Yeah. Um, from me outside looking in, let's say. I'm not being fair. Let's just say I'm going a hundred percent. My, you know, my gut. And um, to me, it looks like the not 100% thing is not being able to do the cardio because for three minutes, he's a dynamo, right? Three minutes. If you know, you say he can't beat Gilman, nobody's beating Gilman. The version of Spencer right now, I would say you're right. But if Spencer can wrestle six minutes the way he wrestles three minutes, then that's a big can though for a lot of wrestlers. All bets are off, right? I understand that, but we, but it's also part of the equation into not being a hundred percent. It's clearly not being able to do the cardio because he only had three minutes in him, and so if that's the case. If it's the case that what is not 100%, does not 100% mean his knees are not what they could be? Or does it mean he's just not in six-minute shape? And I think there's a marked difference in that. And and so that begs the question, um, like, let's just say his knees are as good as they're ever going to be, but it's the cardio that's an issue. In which case, if that's the case, I would at least just gave it a go. I mean, what do you risk if you can't injure your knees anymore, right? If you can't injure them anymore because they're are what they are, um, why not try to beat Soriano? Why not try when you make the decision, when you make the decision to pull out it, on one hand, if you can injure the knees more then you might be protecting yourself, which I understand. If you're not, you're basically saying, I am removing myself from the world team consideration um, because I am because I don't feel confident about this next match, which, so what? Take a loss. Who cares? I mean, give it your best shot, right? I mean, I guess that's where I'm coming from. And I and one of the things his dad said, I only watched part of the interview, but one of the things his dad said was the plan was to try to wrestle this weekend and then you'd have 43 days until final X. It makes a lot of sense. And the problem now is that now he's going to have to go through a gauntlet next year at the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just, you know, that's where I was a little bit surprised is that this was so important that if he can make the team, you figure you have until final X to, to rest up. And then you have until the world championships, you know, to take it easy. And then you can try to medal. And now this changes a lot for next year. And like you said, going back to what his injuries allow him to do from a cardio standpoint, it's going to be very different to see. It's, um, it's really difficult. I mean, you know, I know Spencer listens to a lot and watches a lot and takes things all in. And 
so to be he's spencer is the most analyzed overanalyzed wrestler of all time forget yeah. about it period and here we are doing it again analyzing and overanalyzing and maybe being critical in some spots um critical or not i think it's a, it's a fair discussion point i don't care if iowa fans get mad at that it's listen i was rooting for spencer to win from a standpoint of, I think marketing Spencer Levers, Thomas Gilman in 40 days is one of the biggest matchups wrestling can market right now. When you have the Hawkeye who has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way over the past month, you have a lot of Hawkeye fans supporting him. You have Gilman who left Iowa to go to Penn State and has had world level success. It would be, from a marketing standpoint, an amazing thing for the sport of wrestling. Partner, so to speak, you know? Um, yeah, so it's like I, I was rooting for Spencer from that standpoint because I, I do think that would have been great for the sport. So, I, I yes, he's, you know, under scrutiny, but don't tell me that the last, you know, five minutes we just been talking about this wouldn't be if Jason Nolf forfeited before the semis. Like, somebody was comparing – comparing Spencer yesterday forfeiting in the discussion to somebody not wrestling at the NCAAs. Look at, we don't see somebody forfeit after winning the quarters very often. And when it just so happens to be a very, very popular wrestler, it's going to be a discussion point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult. And like I said, you don't know what you don't know. I don't know what really is the malady. I don't really know what the medical situation is. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that's all you can really say about it. And you, you, you hope for, you hope for him to be a hundred percent or at his 100% going forward, you know, because um, you want, uh, you want him not to have doubts you don't you want the community not to have doubts you want um you want the most competition that you can to prepare our guys for the world stage whether that's spencer or the person that beats spencer yeah well so what did you make of uh the zane and soriano match well i thought um i i mean it was a one move match right it was a one move match and um Suriano, you know, it's really interesting when you look at Suriano and you look at his history, um, especially in in elite premier matches, right? Uh, he can he can major the number twelve ranked kid, the number eight ranked kid, but when he's when he's against the one or two or three, um, they're pretty close matches, and it's it's really weird to say, you know, you can look at Spencer and say his tilts, and you can look at Jordan Burroughs and say uh, his explosiveness, and you can look at uh, um, certain wrestlers and know, but give me something that Nick Lee does exceptionally well. You mean um, I mean Soriano? I mean, Nick Soriano, yeah. Um, he's just a winner, right? He doesn't, nothing jumps off at the page at you. He's really good defensively. You can't score on him hardly ever. Um, and so he just finds ways to win. And sometimes when you just find ways to win, you get burnt by one move. And that's yeah, what the, I thought that. The, I, I've had that same thought for a while, ever since 
I don't know if you remember it, but when Gross got exposure real quick at the Feral back in like 2019 when he beat Soriano, I remember yeah. thinking they both kind of do that. They're both always just one way, one move away from winning or losing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, Zane Richards and Thomas Gilman is, is going to be the final X match. Um, I think Gilman takes it. I, I don't. Yeah. I think a lot of the incumbents are, are such well, big favorites right now. Yeah. And, you know, hat tip to Zane Richards, who, you know, we, we opened talking about Spencer. We kind of finished talking about Zane and Gilman. But, uh, I mean, uh, Gilman and um, Soriano. But Zane, Zane's been at this for a while, right? Yep. And to be a U.S. Open champion at this stage, you know, we see guys, a lot of the guys hang on too long. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You're never making a team. You're never going to be. I mean, Zane is long in the tooth, and he's about as good as he's ever been. So that's great. Yeah. Yep. No, agreed. All right, 61 was just a electric factory. I mean, you had so many interesting things there. The the two big stories for me at 61 was the pit bull that is Austin DeSanto. That yeah. was my big storyline. Like DeSanto just looked so good. He teched Joe Cologne. He beat Seth Gross 5-4. Um, he had a an interesting 6-6 match in the round of 16, but DeSanto looked so good. And then Vito just destroys him in a minute. Yeah. Vito's Vito's just amazing. Just built differently. And at the top of his game right now, there's uh zero fear factor in him. That is just yeah. such joy. Uh, so, so enjoying to watch is like, you know, even with the elite of the elite, um, there's guys patty caking and being technical and thinking too much and and thinking things through and feeling things out and Vito's like I I'm doing my thing I'm letting it fly and it's it's amazing to watch uh, DeSanto I think is legit I think he's legit um, I think a, a people this weekend you know brought up really good point in that uh, his pace and his activity is going to be a problem for people across the world when you have to stay in bounds or get, you give up a point. Yeah. And and I think, I think Vito with the confidence he has right now, after knocking off Dayton fix, knocking off Roman Bravo young, (laughs) a lot of talk around DeSanto and you know, the he's making a lot of jumps and then Vito just goes out there and and destroys him. Um, I think that says a lot to Vito. I, you know, th- this field is likely all going to wrestle again. You know, as suspected, you started seeing guys forfeit out on the backside. Um, Nation Garrett looked great. He, so he on the front side lost to um, Arusha 9 2. Then he goes yeah. in the backside and he texts the Shazer 10 0. Beats Gross by forfeit and then text Tomasello in like 10 seconds. He yeah. took down Tomasello and laced him, and the match was over 15 seconds in. So, you know, it's funny. Again, you talk about Zane Richards and guys that are like right there versus guys who, you know, maybe should hang it up. 
Garrett has so much skill. It's crazy. So, you know, you're going to have DeSanto, Garrett, Nato, Joe Colon, Aiden Valencia, DeShazer, um, Glory, Gross at the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament next month. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Fix what a what a storyline that was. Yeah, Dayton Fix <laughs> registers forty five minutes before the deadline on Wednesday is gonna get randomly drawn into the tournament, and then yep. he was thrown up all night. He was sick, and he unfortunately couldn't compete. What a roller coaster that was. Yeah, I ran into uh, his mother in the casino here, not in the casino, but in the hotel uh, elevator and uh i said well, you know why i said first of all i said well, what is how's dayton doing is there all right and I said yeah he came down with something and was puking all night and and they tried to get fluids in him and uh he couldn't keep anything down and i said just out of curiosity why why do you register so late and i mean i don't know if they want me to share this but it <laughs> His grandfather had a scare. His grandfather, they're really close, right? They're a really close-knit family. And um, his dad, I think his dad was a state champ, and maybe his brother was a state champ. And then, um, you know, his dad, Dave, we call him Super Dave, uh, he had four boys, and all the boys were state champs. And uh, it's a really close, tight family. And so the dad, the grandfather, Dave, he had a, he had a scare with some heart trouble. He was in the hospital. And then they moved him into the house with, with, you know, Derek and, and the family. And so he wasn't even sure if he was going to come. And then this was like two weeks ago and his grandfather got a little better. He said, okay, I'll, I'll wrestle. And then he got out here and he got sick. So. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. A- Optimistic though, that he goes to the world team trials challenge tournament next month though. So that's good. Oh, Interesting yeah. to see the basically yesterday's field minus veto plus fix yep 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 so yep, that's gonna be a great one that's that'll be, be good um obviously we only have a few weights that are going to be in colorado springs for the challenge tournament but um it's six there's only a few but 61 is gonna be fire yeah 61 is gonna be great so that was a fun weight 65 65 was another crazy one um nick lee beats mckenna in the finals after <laughs> i thought yeah. nick lee got eliminated nick uh, lee no, had a 10 10 match with bartlett who Bartlett was wrestling awesome beats ian parker um 5-3 beats evan henderson 11-6 and then was 10-10 bo gets his hand raised and then the nlwc says nick lee won and i texted nick and i'm like uh can you tell me what just happened and <laughs> you know the they basically gave the caution to the wrong person so it was a scoreboard error but i haven't seen that in a while either where one guy gets his hand yeah. raised thank god they're teammates because that could have got yeah that would have been ugly otherwise right um so i'm over watching the other mat and i'm peeking over peeking over and bo has a lead and then it's getting close and but i'm watching i think highly and burger which was a just barn burner <laughs> barn burner 11 10 it was uh an amazing match but i see bo's hand get raised and then i'm like wow i cannot believe because obviously nick lee was my pick to win yeah um i'm like i cannot believe you know i love bo i nobody was i got right. made fun of 
and Bo is going to do, you know, so well. But frankly, you know, I didn't think he could beat Nick Lee. And so I'm watching other matches. I'm watching Berger, Hydley, and then, uh, I don't know, somebody at 74. Oh, Chenzo. I went over there for Chenzo. Yep. And uh, Chenzo Shields. And one of the referees go, hey, you know they overturned that result, right? I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, Nick Lee won. I'm like, shut up. I mean, you don't see it. Yeah. That was the correct call. Yeah. But it, it was an interesting weight. McKenna beats Ridge Lovett 8-3 um, after blanking Ashnault 10-0. Lovett with wins over Lugo and Cole Matthews. Um, interesting on the backside, you know, Nick Lee beat Kalazic in the quarters 12-1, teched him. And then Kalazic beat Bo 8-6 for third yeah. place. Uh, I always think backside matches are a little different than frontside matches, but still um, mm-hmm. crazy. So, yeah, Joey McKenna was up 5 nothing against Nick Lee. Yeah. And Nick I thought, the, I thought that the Penn RTC guys looked good. Uh Joey looked sharp early. Berger was in nail biters, but his leg attacks were beautiful. I thought that I thought Penn RTC looked pretty sharp. Um it helps having uh two Olympic gold medalists in your corner. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> uh but you know we we saw we saw a number of cases where guys roar back, and I think gas tank became a thing. And I mean, Nick Lee to be lead, losing 5 0 at the break and then just come storming back. Nick Aaron, Lee down 05, Nolf down 04, and Brooks down 06. Right? It, All it, score it, 10 it, unanswered. That's insane. I didn't even realize that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the story in a lot of matches. I mean, we didn't get there yet, but. Uh, I thought – I don't want to say Joey hit a wall, but he didn't score much after that. And, and Zahid 100% hit a wall. Yep. And Zahid's so, conditioning has always seemed so good. And mm-hmm. I, I was – I was we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Um, so, yeah, Nick Lee and Yanni is going to be a fun one. Um, I love that we have, like, 40 days now until Final X because we can not only build up these matches – but these wrestlers have 40 days to game plan for yeah. one guy. Yeah. And I, and I like that. I think that's, you know, more of the MMA style think, where you, you can you game know, plan. Nick has, the, Nick has the win over, over Yanni one time. So you give, um, you give anybody time to prepare 40 days for one guy. And especially, you know, the Penn state staff who does a good job um, on a, on a matchup basis. Um, in addition to having the win over him, it's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the, what the backside of the Olympic trials in 21, I believe. Yeah. So that'll be good. 70 couple storylines here. Burger burger stole the show. In my opinion, yeah. that th- the way he got a takedown with seconds to go beat Sammy Sasso in the finals. Um, amazing. One of the biggest stories for me was Alec Pantelio. Yeah. Gets pinned in the round of 32 against Jacob Butler, who just announced he's transferring from Oklahoma to Rutgers. Pantelio gets pinned in the round of 32, the one seed. Essentially has nothing on the line. Wins eight straight matches on the backside 
Warrior. To to take third wins 10-0-10-0-10-0-9-4, beats Ed Scott 10-0. Ray is forfeits. Then he beats Hayden Hydley 5-0. Uh, and then he wins third place 4-2. So two things with that, man. Um number one, you know, in a world where we see a lot of forfeits for wrestlebacks, in a world where we see a lot of um, what's the point? Uh, you know, you said a moment ago, wrestlebacks are different. And the reason wrestlebacks are different is because there's quote unquote nothing to wrestle for, right? Yeah. Um, so all those things considered to see a guy wrestle back, storm back, a veteran too. He's not a young guy that's yeah. uh, looking to get some mat time, right? He's a veteran. Um, for him to wrestle all the way back is very valiant and very uh, noble. Um, that's point number one. Point number two is, and maybe even a more important point, when Alec Pantelio loses an early round, when Joel Adams pins Olympian Alejandro Sanchez in the first or second round, that to me, that to me screams in your face. This is why we have the world team trial selection process the way we do. We can't be risking Kyle Dake getting touchfalled in the second round against a guy that he's better than. Look, I, no offense to Jacob Butler, but Alec Pantelio is better and more experienced than just better right yeah we can't we that's why proven commodities on our ladder are protected and so for anybody to say i don't like the way the trials it doesn't give enough of a chance and they have an advantage yeah they earned it and it produces the best results because we need our we need our number one guy to go we need our number one guy to go we don't need a case where a fluke happens yep no i agree and i thought you know people were texting me because some guys it's funny i I tried promoting this event and getting casual college fans to tune in and and i i see that some definitely did and some are starting to pay more and more attention and you can tell no and and they're they're confused like somebody had mentioned like seth gross is a guy who wrestles everywhere and somebody said why didn't seth gross wrestle back I'm like, because he's got to wrestle a challenge tournament next month. Yeah. Well, what's the point? Why risk injury? Why why risk a fluke loss that might change your seed? Whatever. I'm like, especially the non-Olympic weights this year, it just made no sense. Or not non-Olympic, where there's no medalist sitting out, they're going to the challenge tournament. It just made no sense to wrestle back. So seeing Pantelio, and there's others, Garrett, I mean, you know, Nashon went and wrestled back. You didn't have to. You, you know, he qualified for the challenge tournament so that was cool pentelio um I-, I love to see that i think that was fun it's always fun when like you're excited for the finals and then you can tune in before and still watch some great concy matches that's always yeah. fun so shout out pentelio shout out burger i, I thought burger yeah, just wrestled thought the hell Burger's- of a tournament i thought burger on his feet looked amazing um 
he wasn't and and also Hayden Hydley, uh down at 70, how would he do? He wrestled great. He was down there right there, right, with, with everybody. And um, but I thought Berger on his feet looked tremendous. He was doing he was going from the hand fight to low shots. Um, hand fight, low shots, really smoothly. And I don't want to say first of all, is a really that was a really difficult match for me because he had District Eleven boy Sammy Sasso against my boy Tyler Berger from right here. Um yeah. uh one of my all-time favorites. See, Berger's one of my all-time favorite dudes. Um he was highly, highly upset that to find out that I gave Mark Hall Lil Wayne tickets and Mark didn't tell him. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I I wanted success for Sammy. I wanted success for Tyler Berger. And um, it's hard to say this because wrestling's wrestling. Freestyle is freestyle. But Berger pretty much dominated that match other than those chess wraps, right? I mean, yeah, it was a very, it was a very technical, you know, tech savvy kind of match by Sasso to get those exposures. Um, yeah. Berger wrestled. I mean, it had to. It must have happened two or three times, right? Those those yeah. chess rounds where it looked like Berger had him dead to rights, and then Sammy gets the points. Yeah, yeah, and and Berger just looked good all week, you know, or all, all, the both days, whatever it was. He he wrestled great guys. Him and Zane's going to be fun, you know. Him and Zane now at Final X. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it's cool because you have you have Zane with you know. Penn State coaching doesn't need us to tell people what, what they're capable of. And then Berger, you know, he's in a room with Burroughs and Slay and, and all these guys. And it's like, man, the, these final X weights are going to be so fun this year. So, yeah, Berger, I got to get him on the podcast soon. I'm sure we'll yeah. make that happen. You're going to see him, I'm sure, this morning. So tell him I'll tell him I'll be texting him. 74. That the weight kind of went as we had expected. We thought it was going to be Nolfin O'Toole up top and Chenzo neither Shields or Lavalley on the bottom side. I thought it was going to be Lavalley. Shields beat him 4 2. Um, Chenzo, yep, Chenzo beats him 5 3. Nolf beats O'Toole 9 2. The Nolf O'Toole match contrasted to the Nolf Chenzo match was so interesting because Nolf was up 9 0 at the break. And I thought he basically was going to tackle O'Toole in the first period, the way he was wrestling. And then he doesn't score any points in the second period. And it's... Yeah, to be honest, that's one... Now, tell me about it, because that's one that I didn't watch. Again, I was... That was the same mat that Bo and, and Nick Lee wrestled on. So I was over by the other mat, and it was hard to see. And, as you know, when, when Nolf got the lead, I... To be honest, I started paying less attention to it. Yeah. But everybody I talked to and I saw it on Twitter was like, wow, that was an amazing match. And I'm, I didn't watch it. So it's like, how is it an amazing match when Nolf, but it, some crazy stuff happened? Well, so Nolf, Nolf did good. The first period, Nolf looked like Nolf. Nolf scores nine points and looks like he's about to tech him. I mean, Nolf is just very dominating. When you can go to shoot on him and, you know, He'll he'll turn that into offensive points for him. He's just he's very good. The weird yeah. thing for me was that it's almost now. I don't know if this plays into it at all, but where my mind just went was 
Nolf and O'Toole are both teammates at Scrap Life. They work together. They're ambassadors together. Maybe Nolf took the gas, took the pedal off, took the foot off the gas because he's up 9 nothing. Why does he really got to push for attack? That's where I just went. I could be completely wrong, but I just thought. Did O'Toole get to some positions where he threatened? I, I missed some of it too. Um, yeah. I as soon as it sounded like it sounded like he made it interesting in the second. I don't know. Yeah, he did, but he he really couldn't get anything going. I mean, Nolf is just Nolf yeah. is Nolf. Um, yeah. I, I got to go back and watch that match in full, but you know, it, it seemed like he kind of took the foot off the gas in the second period, and then you have the Chenzo match, yeah. where Chenzo's up four or five nothing, and yep. you know. I love Nolf. I love Chenzo. So that that's that's always a tough match for me when something like that happens. But Chenzo gets a takedown, puts Nolf on his back, goes up 4-0, and I'm like, damn. A lot of people were thinking Nolf next topic. I mean, Nolf is like it's it's like Dake, Nolf, and then a lot of people think there's a gap, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Chenzo's got Nolf on his back, and and I'm like, damn, Chenzo, go boy. <laughs> and um and then obviously I'm happy for Nolf too. I love the kid, but like then Nolf just storms back, scores ten unanswered, and uh... it was interesting when the first time I realized it. Like so, so Chenzo scores, and it's like okay, it's not really surprising. I know I, I'm not surprised that Chenzo scores on Nolf, um, but then a really small detail happened where Nolf gets in on a shot. He takes a leg attack, and Chenzo, like, hips down, and Nolf loses it, and I'm like... His hips, okay. dude, are just crazy. Chenzo coming down from 79. Um, He's strong, right? It's going to be a thing. Uh, He really is that tough. And, um, you know, Nolf ended up winning, but Chenzo's there with those guys, right? Yep. Yeah, and, and I, you know... He he was trying to get his body 100% for this. So I'm assuming he'll take some time now to get his body 100% for next year. But he felt amazing going into it. He said from a conditioning standpoint, from a weight cut, like he just yeah. he felt ready to go this weekend. So yeah. I was excited to see he how he does. Right. I, I talked to him. I talked to him here in the hotel. And he like he looked small. He looked not. He, he looks lean. Not. Yeah. He was smoking a hot girlfriend. How long has he been with his girlfriend? Is that's a new girlfriend? Yeah, a couple months now. Congrats to him. He's doing yeah. well. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I was laughing because so Nico was registered, decided that you know, with a week to go, he, he wasn't gonna go. So I, I'm talking to him and Chenzo, and I'm kind of breaking Nico's chops. And I'm like, Chenzo, you know why Nico doesn't want to wrestle. He's got a beautiful new girlfriend. <laughs> he's got the he's got his career going. He's got a beautiful new girlfriend. What do you want to go compete for? So I yeah. told Nico, I'm like, Nico, you should put a statement out, you know, about why you're not competing. And I say, you can mention or you cannot mention that you're just loving life with your beautiful girlfriend. Who <laughs> maybe Nico's dad should put out a statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. So Nico, you know, he, he basically said he made a calculated decision and his body just wasn't ready, but he's not done. He'll be back. So I don't think he can go to the world team trial challenge tournament. So we'll have to wait till next year, which means he'll 
have to go down to 57, likely. Which I love. So that, that'll be good. 79. What an interesting weight 79 was. You have yeah. Chance beating Derringer 3-2. This might have been, including the fact that Marsteller has a win over Burroughs, this might have been, for me, the match that Chance has impressed me more than any other. Beating a very healthy and dangerous Derringer. Derringer yeah. looked like Derringer, and Marsteller shut him down. I mean... And shut down McFadden, who won last year. McFadden's been improving, training with Burroughs and Hall, and, you know, McFadden takes out Marinelli 10-6, and then Chance beats McFadden yeah, 6 there's another, right? There's I said I was impressed by the Penn RTC guys. There's another one I was impressed with. Even though he didn't, you know, he, he lost to a guy he lost to last year, I still think that McFadden looked really great. Um, and... So, I, you know, I'm watching Derringer, and, I mean, to be honest, there was a time when, like, I had Derringer up here in the pantheon of the best American wrestlers currently, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like, like, godlike. Like, I think he's freaking amazing. And then he seemed to, like, fall off just a bit and, see, like, show some vulnerability. And so I'm watching him on the floor and one of the Michigan coaches was there. I forget who it was. I think it was KJ. I said something to the effect of, man, Derringer looks good. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he's really healthy. Right. And so I'm like, damn, he's going to be tough to be if he's back to his old, old ways. And then he goes out and, Carter gets hurt a little bit, but I mean, Derringer put it on him. How and, much did and, your heart sink into your chest when you saw Carter grab his knee? I was like, please don't be hurt. And and he had that knee wrapped up. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it was pre-existing and now it got worse and this is terrible. Um, and that's right. It, it's really weird if you go through the progression, not weird, but interesting. If you go through the progression where Storaki just puts it on Kemmer. And then Derringer puts it on Storaki. And then yep. Chance shuts Derringer down. It, it's like, it was, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's one of those ways where you kept seeing, like, you know. It, you thought you had a beat on it, but then it kept changing. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, like, I thought Storaki would be or at least have a chance against Derringer. I thought it was going to be a nail-biter, and it didn't. And so for Chance to really shut down um, – Derringer, you know, some people were upset about the uh, shot clock point, like Derringer being put on the shot clock. and um, But it was one takedown apiece, and there was a minute and a half to go. And and in that first minute and a half, Chance really was the guy holding center. Um, I don't know. I didn't think that was that egregious. No, I, I think that's more semantics. I, I You know, you – you got to see. I'm curious what level Carter's at health wise, you know. And it's interesting now because the reason I say that is how for him, how much of that was his knee or how healthy was he? And how does that factor in now next year for the Olympics where he's got to go? You know, the crazy thing about 79 is all these guys have to now go to 74 or 86. And you look, and these, these are guys that like, Marsteller, Derringer, McFadden, 
These guys are as true 79 kilo guys as you can get. They are. They and having will. them have to go down to 74 or up to 86, you can't tell me you see any of those guys having top three finishes at the Olympic trials with who's at 74 and who's at 86, and in part because of their size. You know, like yeah. Marsteller, th- he impressed me more this weekend than he ever has. I don't think he can do that down at 74 or up at 86. I, I was thinking about that too. I mean, Chance will need a really long runway. Um, it's not, it's not a thing where if I was him, I would not, you know, okay, I'm going to start trying to cut a couple weeks out. I, he needs like three months to transform his body. Yeah. Um, for him to be effective. And, you know, Carter, correct me if I'm wrong, Carter has made statements that he's going 74, right? So, um, I believe so, yeah. And I mean, you're going to have Brooks at 86. You're going to have Taylor at 86. Th- this whole thing, I mean, I warned people this was going to happen. That f- that Olympic trials could be NLWC versus NLWCA multiple weights. And here we have Final X, and we already have two NLWC versus NLWC. You got Dake versus Nolf at 74, and you got um taylor and brooks now at at 86 yeah uh i just hate it i hate having uh so few olympic weights i really wish the others were in there because you know now what we're seeing is there was a time there was a time and even even somewhat still um but but that we we see lighter more sparse, less talented weights at Worlds, generally speaking, at at the 61s and 70s and 79s. However, a lot of that is because guys are going there to do the Olympic qualification process, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're going to get to a point where there are enough bona fide stars that are true 79s, that are true 61s, that are true 92s, that we're going to be continually bummed that people are caught in between. And I just wish they would bring back 10 weights, man. At a minimum, can we do eight? Can we bring minimum. in 79 and 61? Minimum. At a minimum. So, yeah, that's going to be great. It's going to be Chance and Burroughs. Um, Chance did get a win over Burroughs last year. Burroughs won the series 2-1. Um, it's funny, Burroughs actually thought that Carter was going to win this weight, and that's who his final X opponent was going to be. So, yeah, that this weight gets very interesting when you uh, see Chance, Chance's story is just incredible. I know. I got to get him on the podcast. He's got... Continually impresses me with his bounce back. You know, he just keeps bouncing back. By and, the way, uh, you know, I, I tried to give kudos to... Um, Pantello yesterday, because I think when you have guys wrestling back and they don't have to, it's great for the sport. I don't fault the guys who did not wrestle back at this tournament. Again, for the people commenting about NCAA wrestlebacks, I think that's very different. There's team implications. There's other things. This is very different in the senior level. So I don't fault right. people for it, but I love the people who do decide to. And Absolutely. and Penn RTC, PRTC wrestling their guys back. McFadden's another guy. He loses, and then he goes and beats um Cameron 11-9, Tex Marinelli 10-0 for third. So love seeing the guys. Um, somebody asked me why didn't Carter wrestle back. 
I mean, you saw his knee. You, yeah. you thought he wasn't going to wrestle for six months. So I'm assuming that. And by the way, even if he's healthy, again, what does what does that do for him? He can't make the national team. There's nothing in the line. There's nothing on the line. And plus, I mean, I think there's a difference in guys. I, I don't know. This might be a point that you disagree with or people that are going to watch this disagree with. But I do think there's a difference into guys who just came off 30 matches at NCAAs and then lose out on a chance to make a world team and then forfeit out as opposed to – No, I, I agree with that. Senior guys who wrestled 10 matches a year and then forfeit out. It's like uh, – which, I again, I don't blame them for, but at the same time, you only wrestle in three tournaments a year. I said the same thing when I was talking to a buddy and um, they were asking about Pat Glory, and Pat Glory forfeited out after losing. I'm like, dude, just won an NCAA title. He threw his hat in the ring to make a world team. That's all this was about. You know, so some of these guys, by the way, speaking of McFadden, you know, I, I say there's nothing to wrestle back for, but because he chose to wrestle back, he's now going to wrestle a true third match. So there's there's six true third matches. Soriano versus Camacho, 57. McKenna versus Kolodzik at 65. Pantelio versus Sasso at 70. Chenzo versus O'Toole at 74. Derringer McFadden, 79. Zahid and Mark Hall at 86. Are they going to wrestle? I think they're at Final X. Okay, that's where they were last year. I'm assuming they're doing. I'll tell the you same what. So that again. so that puts them on the that puts them on the national team, and it also supplies them uh, funding for the year. Which USA Wrestling, you need to up the stipends. You need to up the monthly stipends. These guys yep. on the national team, top three, they need to get paid more. Yeah, I agree. And by the way. On the same token, these national team guys need to to show some initiative and hustle and make money after a tournament like this, put out T-shirts, put out stuff to to capture the relevance. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, all right. So 86, we it was a pretty boring weight overall until you got to the semis. And then Zahid beats Trent Hidley 8-3. And Aaron Brooks beats Mark Hall 6-1. And then down 6-0 at the break to Zahid Valencia. Aaron Brooks scores 10 unanswered and beats Zahid Valencia 10-6. And like you said earlier, it looked like Zahid just hit a wall. Yeah, if you even if you look back, so it's one thing if you look at it, you watch it in real time, right? And so Zahid is up. And he's kind of cruising. I, I think what what'd you say it was six zero? Six zero. Six zero. And A B gets a takedown. And you think, okay, A B got one, right? And then Zahid starts kind of crumbling. But if you watch even the takedown, even the first takedown that A B got, Zahid stops moving his feet. And the first thing that happens when you hit a wall conditioning wise, the first thing that's happens is you you start your reactions are slower right and so he reacted way too slow to that a b shot on that first takedown so to me that's where the kind of breakdown began for zahid and uh you know i'm not taking anything away from a b um i'm just saying i think that was a major factor i agree i i think it definitely Aaron Brooks is 
you got the impression that you there was rumors that Brooks didn't know if he wanted to compete this year collegiately or take a red shirt and, and prep for, you know, this world or Olympic run. And you, there was the impression out there that Brooks was a little tired. You know, he wasn't like as dominant as we've sometimes seen him. And fatigue is a very real thing. So going into this, you wonder how much of this, you know, where's Brooks's fire at? Because yeah. it'll have to be all the way up to beat Mark Hall and, and Zahid. And it was. And he looked calm, cool, collected, and dominant. Well, I think Mark, I think Mark scored the first point too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think so. So that, that was a pretty black and white weight. Um, but Aaron Brooks, DT, another NLWC, NLWC final. And by the way, if we see that again next year at the Olympic trials, I would not be surprised. Oh no. No, I mean, um, that would probably be your my pick, right? Yeah. So 92. 90. Hey, that's a good that's a good segue though, because I, I, I think on your show before I mentioned that I'd like to see Zahid go to Mexico. Um you did. You that, said you you asked you said you funded it. <laughs> I, I would have funded it. Uh, and I, I still this this even makes it more apparent that he should do that. But there are people saying uh, I shouldn't say saying they're speculating, postulating, positing uh, with Spencer's match count type thing that he's on. And he has to get really prepared. Would it make sense for Spencer to go to another country? Spencer? No, I mean, Valencia, I can see because his brother's wrestling for Mexico. That That's a pretty clear path. Um I don't think Spencer would go to another country. I, I'm not saying he will or, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Why go through all these guys? I mean, America is why, right? Yeah. Look at look, look what's on your shirt. You're wearing blue. I'm wearing red. You got a flag on. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, France is blue and red. <laughs> Uh, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. no, I I get the perspective. I I think, I, I think if you train in America, I, I I like you wrestling for America. But I'm not in that position to make that call. So, right. um, so 92, 92. Colin Moore wins back to back ranking series earlier this year, and I say that he is my favorite to make the world team. And I, mm-hmm. I and I thought it was Moore one, Nate Jackson two. Mike Machiavello, the mm-hmm. nice guy of wrestling, the guy that nobody can say a bad thing about. Nice he guy. goes out there, beats Jackson 4-2, then goes out there and texts Colin Moore in the finals 12-2, and he let out a lion's roar. Yeah. He just yeah. – and it's like Moore and Mach, they're both great guys. That was another match. It's like hard to root for someone. Now that uh, I think of, I mean, is there has there been a more overperforming guy? Has there been more of an underdog than Mike Mock? I mean, you you get once in a great while you get um a guy from out of nowhere to win an NCAA title, right? Um, a M- Mike Machiavello did it, Drew Foster did it, but it's really rare. Um, everybody that wins an NCAA title is 
ranked on the on the big board and stuff. But Mike Mock wasn't. Um, you know, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Who did I just name? Uh, I, I Foster wasn't. But Mike Machiavelli not only did it. Not only did he do it in his last year in college. Now he senior U.S. Open champ. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because he he did it the hard way. Like he did, it reminds me of what Vito did at NCAA's. He takes out Nate Jackson, who won third, and he takes who was the second seed, and he takes out Colin Moore, the one seed. So he yep. beats the one and the two seed back to back and texts the one seed. Um, so he's in for final X. Hopefully, he got his passport together and he's on a plane to the Pan Ams today. Which, by the way, that's where some of these guys are going because we have Pan Ams next week. Yeah, and now Vito, Mock, and Gable all qualify for the Pan Am team. If any of the three decline the spot, here's what's interesting: if any of those three decline the spot, the national team coaches get to pick someone. For women's freestyle, if the open winner declines, they go to the runner-up. Yeah, no idea why you'd go to the runner-up in women's freestyle and not men's freestyle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's how they want to do it. But yeah, uh, so now you're going to have more in Jackson and Schultz and McIntosh and these guys all at uh, the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament next month to see who Mock takes on. What do you... So, like a guy like McIntosh, like for next year, goes up, right? What, does he go up? Can he make 189? He looks lean. He looks lean. Well, I, I mean, the, about, listen, he Morgan is in the room with the favorite at 86 and the favorite yeah. at 97. I'm assuming he's going to feel them both out and see which one. <laughs> yeah. Which one do I feel I have a better shot against? Yeah. At your current weight, you know, he's, he's feeling them both out. So he's going to be able to see. Man, that room's going to be a little. It's going to be an interesting case study over the next two years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting case study. They go through it without anybody being disgruntled and leaving. (laughs) They did a good job managing it. I mean, I'm also, I I think my prediction is I think you're going to have some guys naturally leave soon. Like, for example, Nolf has said 100 times, if the right opportunity presents himself to go somewhere with his wife, he's going. He loves state yeah. college. He wants to stay there. But, you know, Maddie, his wife is playing soccer overseas right now. When she gets back and they settle down, if it's somewhere else, like I think you're eventually going to see some guys like Nolf go somewhere, not even disgruntled, but just from a natural course. So it's going to be interesting. And also, like, David's going to be done, right? Yeah, David's probably done next year, I'd assume. Yeah, so some of it will naturally Correct. Yeah. Um, but Morgan McIntosh also actually has, you've got David and Brooks to feel out, or do you go up and you have Jaden and Snyder, which is, which is crazy that those are two big boys to try to go up and go up a size to be. Speaking of Jaden looked thick boy. He looks like he should be wrestling 125. He looked big. I don't know how he ever wrestled 92, but yeah, he, he had a tech fest. He tried for the tech against Trumbull. He only won 12, three. He wrestled um, 86. <laughs> he wrestled 86. Yeah. That 
Jaden Cox is, is that way for me is pretty much next topic. Um, yeah. Ben Keeter, who I would say Cooter, I didn't see what happened, but he won 12 8 in the round of 16 and then forfeited out before the quarters. I hope he's yeah. not injured. He injury forfeited out. Um, I didn't I watch that match. Did you see any or hear anything? I heard he got a little banged up. So, you know, precautionary, I would think. That, especially, that's good. Especially when he qualifies for. He has two years of juniors left. Crazy. And his football career is important to him, too. So he's he's going to throw his hand ring for a world team, but he's not going to kill himself in the process. Right. Um. So, yeah, that night. 97 is kind of next topic. And and to be honest, Gable has made 125 next topic. Gable, the greatest showman college Olympic wrestling has ever seen. I was Matt side for his match with Hendrickson. And I mean, I was Matt side. I was five feet away from the out of bounds line. And the the speed and strength at which Gable does things and, and with with fluidity, it's impressive. He Mason Paris just had one of the most dominant seasons a college wrestler could have. Wins an NCAA title, wins a Hodge, and Gable goes out there and Big Brothers him. And the I don't, Hodge. I don't know what was said afterwards, but it didn't look like it was anything too negative. Yeah, I don't. They were talking for a bit. There was chippiness between him and Mason in the past, but I think, I think Gable's a good dude. He is. I think probably you know squash them. Yeah, no, he is. I. It didn't. I mean, they were hugging as they were walking towards the center, and then they kept talking, and it, it wasn't clear. I'm gonna have to ask one of them. Um, and then Gable goes out there and and dominates Quiz. I mean, it it is crazy. Gable is. He's just something different. He, yeah, he's the greatest showman, and he's just. You saw the movie Greatest Showman, right? Uh, what's that? You saw the movie Greatest Showman, right? No, I didn't watch that. Oh my gosh, dude! One of the one amazing movie, and one of the best soundtracks. I'll have to watch it, but uh, oh, it's so good. Somebody this weekend, um, if you put a list of wrestlers who are best from front end. You'll come up with like 10 names at 25 and 33 and, and Gable. Like he is so good from out in front. I mean, he's good at everything. He's good at leg attacks. He's good at everything, but, and then you combine it with his lateral motion and his footwork and, and how he's able to score. It's like, I mean, it's that old sort of cliche that's been, you know, overused too much, but he shoots, he scores, you shoot, he scores. I mean, yeah. if you, if you don't, if you don't get in, he's scoring from front head. Yeah. By the way, I didn't see the match, but I was looking through the consolations after Mason Paris put up 20 points in the match against Wyatt Hendrickson. He won 20 to seven. Wow. I don't often see a 13 point differential in freestyle. So I don't know what happened there. Um, I must have heard him. 20 to 7, he beat. Uh... Hey, one last thing. You have, did you watch the Adeline Gray Diamond Guilford match? Diamond was, I think this is correct. She was down 8 0, or no, she was losing 
eight oh or eight two to Kylie Welker, and then pins her. Oh, really? And then she's up eight oh against Adeline and loses that one. Bro, I gotta watch. I, that's right. I did see that that Welker Guilford um, note, but I didn't go back and watch it. But Guilford was leading eight zero to Adeline Gray on Adeline Gray with fifty seconds left. With 38 seconds left, the match was over because of three cautions. They called her for three caution and ones with in 12 seconds. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I thought that that was funny, though, that she was literally losing 8-2 pins Welker, and then she's yeah. up 8-0, loses with three cautions. Um, Adeline Gray, you got to give her credit for coming back. I just that's gonna be one of the you talk about loaded Olympic weights. Wait till next year. Yeah, uh, I think women, it's Kennedy. Women seventy six. You're gonna have Kennedy, Welker, Guilford, Adeline Gray, Amit Elor, probably. Uh, what's she, her name? I I, Makoid. Yeah, Makoid. Makoid. Yeah. yeah, she she's a stud. Yeah. She uh she beat Precious Bell eight zero, Pinder, and then lost to Blades eleven seven. Uh, when Blades pinned her, Blades, I I think is just Blades. When she's had those concussions, makes me worried about her health. If she can yeah. stay healthy, I think she is going to be something else. I'm she's my pick tonight against Adeline Gray. She's my pick to win a world championship. She's my pick to make the Olympic team. Kennedy Blades is just some something special. I'm 100 with you. You know, I watched her. It's there's several times she's gotten concussed, and I've been worried about that for a long time. But if she's if she's healthy and clicking on all cylinders, she's a specimen. Agreed. All right, Willie. Any final notes about yesterday or Thursday? Final notes? Uh, I don't know. You're catching me off guard with that, but I I think that wrestling's healthy. U.S. Open I think is a success. There's been a lot of hype about it. I think both in the product that's put on the mat the fans um the marketing and so that's one aspect but the most important aspect is is our infrastructure good do we have a good competitive team do we have do we have local clubs training guys the right way getting them to where they need to be to be world medalists to be competitive at the world championships or the olympics um all those boxes are checked. I think wrestling is in a really good place. Yeah, I do too. All right, Willie, were you headed down to the slots or what? what's next now? Oh, listen, the night before, me and there's a guy, Tim Ziola, who you got to meet. David's buddies with him. Um, and me, him, Shane Chittum, who else? Is it? Fretwell. We hit it hard. Where was Felters for all this? Felters, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. He could be in a plane. He could be here. He could be in Iowa. He sent us a he picture could... of a security guard. I think he's at the arena. <laughs> I sent that. Oh, you sent that? I I looked at it quickly. I, I thought he sent that. I sent that. He has to be 600 pounds. <laughs> that was a big uh, security guard. But I think he's here. He actually just texted. Uh, he... He literally just texted me, keep hiding in your room, P-word. 
at, at 614 local time. <laughs> I never know where he is. I never know what he's doing. So I'm going to go uh, get a coffee with him and Snyder right now. All right. You enjoy that. We'll uh, we'll touch base a little bit. With him. Bye, bye. Thanks, my brother. And the beat goes on.